Welcome to A Lemon A Day, a mini-series to heal yourself and change your life. I am so excited to bring you this new fortnightly supplement to Lemonade, where every two weeks I'll bring you an interview with an incredible practitioner from a life-changing healing modality. I am asked quite a lot about what I've done to heal myself over the years, and it's a question I'm always too happy to answer because I love sharing the different ways I've worked on my emotional, physical, spiritual, and psychological health. So I thought, why not bring the very people who've changed my life to you? None of these interviews are sponsored or gifted in any way. I can assure you of that. So every word of endorsement is because the therapeutic practice has genuinely enriched my life or I am hanging to try it out very soon. Sue Jones is a counsellor and clinical hypnotherapist with almost two decades of experience in the field. Hypnotherapy helps to rewire the subconscious thoughts in our brain that inadvertently control our lives. In fact, 90% of our brain power is stored right there in the subconscious. This form of therapy can be helpful to treat a range of conditions from trauma to phobias to depression, anxiety, migraines and even digestive issues. I started sessions with Sue earlier this year to help treat the chronic bouts of fatigue I was experiencing and I don't know how she did it, but after just one session... I honestly felt like an entirely new woman. It really was incredible. Sue is so kind, empathetic and gentle. She's so passionate about her work and I love chatting to her about this healing modality. Just a note, the content provided in A Lemon A Day is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always, always seek the health advice of your GP. Sue, thank you so much for jumping on the Lemonade podcast. How are you doing, Sue? It's been ages. It has, it has. Time just flies and it's really lovely. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be here and Wonderful. good to see your face again. Yay, so good to see you too. Now, Sue, you, there's been quite a few requests to have you on the podcast. Um, when I shared a couple of episodes ago about how profoundly you helped me um, when I wasn't feeling too well at the beginning of the year. And then I had a few people saying, what is this all about? What is hypnotherapy about? What does it all mean? I need to know more. So when I started this kind of supplement of the podcast, I just thought I just had to have you on here for you to explain it rather than me explain it. So, <laughs> so Sue, before we get there though, I'd love to just know a little bit more, a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. Oh, my journey. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. Life takes us on journeys, doesn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I started off, um, in childcare, working in childcare. So I was always working with managing people and, and understanding how brains worked. I loved that aspect of childcare. And, and I, I was doing behavioral management plans before, way before they even became a, a thing. Um, it was just made sense to me and understanding how the human mind works is fascinating. So I started there. And then uh, when my kids were about teenagers, I decided I would study psychology. And I started studying that and I thought, oh, gosh, it's going to be a long road. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> as you can imagine. And um, also, the, 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 when I was, what I was studying was more around statistics. Yeah. And, how, yeah, and so, and yeah, so it was like, oh, my gosh, like this is, you know, while that's really good and it's valuable, 
I wanted to be more fa- on the cold face helping people. So I swapped to psychotherapy and I studied that. And so I was working with that and it was great. Um, and I had a few um, tools in my toolbox then. Uh, but what I also noticed was that um, we were trying to change the subconscious programming because, you know, people say, oh, well, I, you know, they, they shouldn't eat too much chocolate or they shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Um, and they logically, they know it's a, you know, like smoking, for example, it's bad for your health. I shouldn't do it. You know, the kids are watching, blah, blah, um, all that. But in the moments, that's not what happens. Mm. That, that subconscious information comes up and it goes, oh, you need that cigarette or the chocolate or whatever it is. And so we go for that. So I, I started to realize that there was only limited power in what I was doing. While as it was soothing and helpful to people, I wanted to pump up the volume a bit. And so I started, um, I was actually working with a supervisor and I said, I'm doing visualizations. So I'm thinking I'm working on the border of hypnosis here. So I'm a bit cautious, you know, maybe I'm, I'm stepping into territory. I'm not sure what I'm doing. And he said, well, then go study it. And I went, oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> so you were doing counseling and then, and then you just yep. thought, I feel like I can go that layer mm. deeper, deeper with hypnosis. And I know, I guess we've all got this idea of what hypnosis is that we've seen in movies and you put people and almost like, you know, it's always portrayed as if putting people under a spell, which it is not that. Can you tell us what exactly it is? <laughs> and just spot on there, because if it was, I would, I would organise my husband much better lot than earlier, right? <laughs> and you'd only need people for a session and then they'd be naturally healed. Wouldn't that be amazing? Then people would be paying you so much money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely that's, um, uh, yeah, so how does it work is your question, yeah. So how does it work? So what we, there's different brainwave frequencies and we operate in different ways and we understand that because if we're conscious and alert and we're paying attention to someone saying really exciting, then we're focused. If someone's waffling on you know, a lecture and you start nodding off, it's a different brain space, yeah? And so we're not, when we don't know what the lecture has said, right? So um, what we want to do is find what brain frequency works best for changing the information in the subconscious, right? Now, so the subconscious is really interesting because it's out of our line of sight. Mm. So that's where the thoughts we don't hear, and yet they're the, they're the drivers, yeah? It's not that we think we should have another cigarette, it's that we feel that we should have a cigarette and that is in the subconscious wow so it's powerful that subconscious then that's where everything all our behaviors are coming from and everything right huge huge the version i have of myself like as in who i think i'll be tomorrow is much better than reality (laughs) so true you wake up with an idea of how you're going to be that day and what you're going to do but then that's the very conscious level, right? The subconscious mm-hmm. is what you're actually mm-hmm. going to do and how you're actually probably going Absolutely. to eat a bag of chips on the couch and not do a workout. Right. I'll never yell at my children. Ha ha ha. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And what kind of thoughts I guess, are originating in this subconscious then and then manifesting into everyday life? Okay. So yeah, that's where, and if we continue with that analogy for smoking, for example, um, it's, it's, um, 
it's thoughts that we have um, constructed um, and belief systems that are constructed. Usually, you know, a lot of it's in that in those early years where we're forming a map of how the world works and what relationships are like, because we are relational creatures and that's super, super important. So, so the thoughts that could come up there, um, it may be, for example, I had a client who was um, struggling with um, weight and um, we, I've got a gastric hypnotic Band, uh, sorry, no, hypnotic gastric banding program that I do. And I did that with her, but I also went, there's something more happening here. And so I took her to the motion, took her to, you know, where's this feeling come from just before you had to eat? Because, you know, it, it became evident that she was um, eating, not just when she was hungry, but it was like, if she wasn't busy, this is the teller, right? If I'm not busy, then I'm eating. And I went, hmm, so you've always got to be doing something. So what's the emotion that's happening there when you're not hungry, but you just feel that drive, that push? What's that about? That's a subconscious thought. And this is important, right? The feelings, the emotions are what tell us that something's going on there. So emotions are super important to listen to and understand. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So we went to that and she went back to a childhood where um, she had had abuse and um, one of the things, like when we're, when we're in those sorts of situations, we're all always looking for how we can control, how we can be safer. And her father used to say to her, it's good to eat. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, so if you want your stress to disappear, that's what her brain coded. If you want the stress to disappear, then you should be a good eater. Wow. And that's lodged so deep in that subconscious, isn't it? That you're not even aware of where or how that's come to be yeah it's been running in her around in her life forever and she had no idea that it was there so when you slow down so yeah we, and, and i accessed that with hypnosis so that was more of a um there's like the, there's hypnosis that i do which is more like with the programs like the hypnotic gastric banding um or the gut directed hypnosis or the smoking cessation which they're a little more generic but i always tailor things for people anyway that's the beauty of having uh, an individual therapist as opposed to an online audio that you can get which there can be value in those two but it just pumps up the power because it's more individualized but what i did with her was more investigative hypnosis um yeah so that experience she had um because this is the important thing is that remember oh i love this stuff <laughs> <laughs> every every specialist i've had on the podcast gets so into it because they're talking about the thing that lights them up so they're just the most animated conversation so i'm loving this <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So the emotion is the important thing because it tells us where to go and the subconscious is where the emotion is, right? The subconscious, And it thinks in pictures and metaphors, which is why we have crazy dreams and things like that. Right. But it's so the emotions, the way to get there, or you can do it through hypnosis. When you change the emotions, that's when it changes how you operate. Right. So if mm. I've got a subconscious belief saying um, that uh, I need to, eat all the time because then I'll be a good girl and then my stresses will drop, then that's going to be pushing and driving and poking at me. It's that pressure. It's the, it's the wallpaper in the background that's just there and you're feeling that pressure all the time, but you don't quite know why you do it. Yeah. So mm. the way to change that, if I say to you, okay, stop um, smoking cigarettes, stop being scared of dogs, stop um, you know, eating so much. And this is why you're eating so much. You go, okay, but it's a cognitive thing right? And it only goes so far. Well, as if we can change it emotionally. And that's what I did with her in the hypnosis. I went, okay. So, so we went back to that event and she could put it to, together. And I brought 
she visualized herself as a child in that. And I brought the her from the future to that child. And she, she re-nurtured her. She hugged her and told her it was not her fault. And it was, you know, it was just beautiful. That's I, so beautiful. I love. Yeah, yeah. My God. Yeah. We had, yeah. and we had very amazing moments working together too. I just remember like going into the session and just feel it was just a normal day, kind of on autopilot, not feeling emotional in the sliders. And then we got, we're doing the hypnosis together. And all of a sudden I'm like bursting into tears, <laughs> crying hysterically. I'm like, where did this come from? I was yeah. having a very normal, you know, just a very yeah. average day before that, but it just can access these parts of you. Yes. That you didn't even know was still, just below the surface waiting to be tapped into and I'm really interested in that like you know as you said you've got the programs around eating and smoking and things but are people coming to you for those emotional reasons and they've gone through trauma or they've gone through something um, maybe a major life event or upheaval and they're looking for some kind of I don't know soothing I suppose how can Mm -hmm. hypnotherapy help that yeah okay yeah so so to start off with, um, trauma is part of life. We all get trauma. If I can say life's like a washing machine. You get tumbled in it, right? We all get trauma to some degrees. Unfortunately, some people get some really tough trauma, right? So it's the, 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 that trauma leaves scars, even if it's a little nick on you. Yeah. And what we need to do is heal that to free us up. Because one of the thing, points you said before, and I went, yes, that's a really good point, <laughs> is that when we do, when we do uh, the, 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 the hypnosis, it's because there's parts of us we're not aware of. And that leaves us a little fragmented, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily huge, but, you know, depending on the length of trauma. But um, for some of us, uh, you know, it, it, it's always that part feels disenfranchised for the rest because it's like that part does not feel hurt. So it takes away that feeling of being whole and we can't work as effectively. When we can bring those parts and resolve those issues, mm. we get a sense of being, it's, um, how do you, the, the emotional feeling you get is, is like more settled, more yeah. home. Home and home. Safe. That's the word that was coming to my head just as you were saying yeah. that, like that feeling of full circle, yeah. of coming home, of being things just fitting in somehow yes that didn't before and that, exactly and that sh- and that's the point is about what i was saying before the emotions before when you make an emotional shift the change that changes everything mm. yeah that changes everything because that means that when you that emotional shift is you're not fighting with your subconscious anymore which is the majority of your brain power it's like you know you think you're gonna be a good person you think you're not gonna smoke another cigarette but it keeps driving at you because the subconscious is going no 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 i have to because often the belief that's held by smokers is that this is how i belong they usually did that started smoking as a teenager and i'll be cool like everybody else oh i feel like i belong now and so to say to someone all right just quit their subconscious is going what the hell yeah (laughs) yeah are they kind of like are there a certain amount, and I'm sure they'd be endless, but are there, a, are there a certain amount or like a few core beliefs that kind of drive everyone's behavior? You know, are there a kind of three to five that you can think of that we all might resonate with or we all might, you know, contain within us? Oh, you're so much fun to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm a counseling student nerd, so I'm like <laughs> picking yeah, apart you your that. brain. Usually you're picking yeah. apart my brain, but I'm doing it back <laughs> to you. Okay, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah absolutely because we're all mammals with mammalian brains 
And the research shows us now that the primary, the primary drive we have is bonding. We are bonding yeah. animals. It's the, the most important thing. And if you think of it from an evolutionary point of view, then we'll, we're not, if we're not bonded in a pack, if we're not tribal, then we're in danger. We can't hunt effectively. We can't protect ourselves from danger, not as many eyes. So immediately our, sub, our subconscious is going, whoa, whoa, this is not feeling quite so safe. So things that pull us closer, soothes us. Yeah. Things that push us further apart, stresses out. And it may not, you know, like it, if we've got good balance inside, we can go off to work and do the day and all that and, and be fine. And we come home and, uh, and we can just recalibrate with our partner or whatever. Um, and then we're fine. But if you've had a really tough day, then it's harder to do that. If you're in isolation, hmm, not that we'd know anything about that. huh? No, not at all. No, <laughs> especially in Melbourne. No idea. No idea. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because isolation <laughs> is toxic to the human brain. And that's been known for a long time because we're tribal. We are components of the tribe. And that's so important for us to get. So therefore, out of that stems these emotional needs. Am I seen? Am I heard? Because if you've got a partner, for example, where um, you're going, and the boss said this, and this happened, and I was just so upset, and they're just going, mm. yeah. Mm. You're going, you, what usually happens is you go on and on about it because you're going, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. I'm not you feeling hurt. So true. And you keep ramp, you, um, yep. kind of rabbiting on about it, just yep. trying to yep. be heard and getting more hysterical. <laughs> oh yep. gosh, this doesn't sound familiar at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and then your partner goes, oh, you go on for so long. And it's like, well, if you listened. Yeah. Like, you're just wanting to be heard. You're just wanting to be seen yeah. and heard. That is, And that's one of those yeah. core. Mm -hmm. beliefs isn't it that just over time then we find try and find all these coping mechanisms just to soothe that yes. to make us feel better and, yeah and if your um audience are interested in that sort of thing they might want to look up on youtube the still face experiment Ooh, oh i don't know about that i'll look at that into that <laughs> Ooh, it's really it's really interesting it's a really i oh, love experiments <laughs> okay fantastic i'll have a look into that what i loved working with you as well is about how we access the body so much as well and you know mm. we investigated all these uh uh response trauma responses you know the flight and flight and fight everyone knows that but we'd also look into freeze and when i feel my body get going to that or even fawning as well can you talk us through i guess about how our bodies can be signals yeah. into what is going on subconsciously yeah. that we're sometimes not even aware of is happening yes um and and our bodies are so important and and if i can't get clients to connect with and how they feel emotionally like if they just say good or bad mm. which doesn't give me much to work with <laughs> I, will, I will often focus on the body and it's good to do that anyway because what does it feel like and it's so interesting because it's almost like the body's body is a metaphor too like they talk about you know uh restriction in their throat and then as you work with it you go well they've been wanting to say this for a long time and mm. felt they couldn't those sorts of things so there's there's metaphors there um paying look honestly um paying attention to your body if things don't feel right, stop and really listen and go. What? And even if you can like access whether it's anxiety in your stomach or tightness in your chest, sometimes it's a tapping foot. What's that yeah. tapping foot? Yeah. And so it's like asking yourself, asking that part, what's wrong? But you've got to be very gentle and you know very nurturing with it. Just you know, what's wrong, sweetie? What's happening here? Why is your heart fluttering? Can you tell me? 
Can my heart talk to me and tell me what's happening here? And that brings up information. Emotions um, are where the wisdom is, and accessing that is often easier with the body. Um, the body keeps the score. Bessel van der Kroff or something like that. Brilliant book. It's a you know a bit of a heavy read, but very, and he shows that trauma is held in the body, mm. and it comes genetically as well as you know it's contagious. Like we all know that we've hang around someone who's anxious and by the end of the you know ha having that visit you go oh i'm done now because it's just hard work hanging around that it's contagious yeah totally so, yeah so that body response is so important there's so it's like it's the, if you're not listening to your body it's the equivalent of having the flashing lights go off in your dashboard of your car and going I'll just put some tape over that so I can't see it. It's not really important. Yeah. It's fine. And it just keeps getting, I find with me, you know, if you keep ignoring it or I've seen the people around me ignoring it, you just get, it gets worse and louder and louder and louder until something yeah. you can get unwell or hurt yourself or, you know, have a Absolutely. big fall. And I found that really interesting when we were working together that you helped me do that about talking to yourself as if you were a child and you would say, what would you be saying to your son right now? And you know, the, the thoughts that come up in my head is, you know, I'm 31. How stupid are you to think that? Why would you be reacting like that? You know, grow up, you know, it's been X amount of years and you know, how are you not better? All these thoughts. And I think, you know, you're like, but would you speak to your son like that if he was having a tough time? Yes. And we never would speak to someone we loved like that, but why do we, you know, we speak to ourselves like that. And I think that was just such a soothing thing that you taught me and, you know, the listeners could get something out of it too. Mm. And now I do it now. It's like, if I'm feeling anxious for no reason, it's just like, oh, hang on, you know, asking yourself, what is wrong? What's going on in there? Like, you know, is everything okay? What can I do to help? What are we needing right now rather than beating yourself up? Where does that come from? I guess that, and I know I'm not alone in that, that, that driver to, I guess, go, oh, look how stupid you are. Look how dumb you are. What are you doing? Mm, you know, grow up, get get over it, get with it. You know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Where does that come from? Yeah. That, yeah. Pull your socks up. You're a big yes. girl now. Yes, absolutely. And um, that's, I mean, it's very cultural. It's come, you know, it's come down from our parenting and, you know, and society around. So that, because we used to think, oh, I love this stuff. Uh, we used to think that, <laughs> uh, um, oh my gosh, Bloby, John Bloby did studies at the end of World War II and he was he was working with um, orphans that were orphaned through the war and he was the one that realised that children separated from parents were missing the bond and the bond that was so important for their nurturing and that's why they were having all these behavioural issues. So we sort of learned from that study and it took a little time to filter out into society but we learned that children need more than, they're not just cattle where you just let them bring themselves up. There's more to it. There's that nurturance. They need the closeness. They need the security. They need assurance, encouragement, all those emotional needs. And that's a, you know, the, an important job. So um, we learned that. But then, yeah, in a, as a society, we went, okay, that's, that's good if you're a child. But you know what? You're 18, you're 21, you're 30 now. It's time to grow up. What is what wrong with you? And, and it drives me nuts when people talk about yeah. people being needy. I go, well, you're only needy if you've got a need, right? <laughs> that is the quote of the century. Absolutely. When something is not being met, 
Yes, correct. If you haven't had food for a couple of days, well, you will be needy for food. Mm. It makes sense. But in our culture, we've got this thing about, oh, codependence and neediness. What it is, I mean, you don't say that to a baby. What, I haven't picked you all up all day and you're yelling at me? What's wrong with you? We go, yeah, it needs the comfort. It needs the reassurance. And it's the same with us as adults. And, you know, I, I loved your terminology there when you said about talking to yourself because we need to, you know what, I don't care how big and hairy you are, underneath it all, we're just soft hearted things we really are we put up these protections which we need to get through our day but we also need someone to be able to step into that emotional world mm -hmm. and we need gentleness and softness like you said before is that you know like if you were had an emotion inside or you were responding to something and you your self-talk was what the hell's wrong with you come on pull your socks up you need to try harder this is embarrassing I mean, yeah yeah yes do you want your best friend, best friend, sorry, do you want, do you want your best friend uh, talking to you like that? Or do you want someone's going to go, hey, are you okay? You look a little stressed. Mm. Do you want to talk? Yeah. I mean, you can feel that response inside us, yeah? One pushes us up and we start to put up those barriers and those boundaries and, you, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. And the other one, we go, oh, I can actually stop running in my life or stop the business for a moment and sit with me and just notice what I feel. Mm. What's it like in there, sweetie? Isn't it so interesting? Like you might call a friend um, lovely or sweetheart or whatever, or, you know, some of your relatives, those things, but to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, sweetheart, but we don't, we haven't been trained to talk like that to ourselves. It feels foreign you even saying that, like the thought of kind of talking <laughs> to myself like that. Yeah, it makes me go, oh, no, I've never spoken to myself with such softness. And isn't that sad? But this is why I love this work. And this is why I think this it's just, it's the most incredible layer of talk therapy um, and that one that people should consider if they've gone through a tough time. And as you said, it could be anything. It could be any kind of belief because um, we've all gone through something at some point. Um, you know, if someone's wanting to kind of delve into this and they're thinking of booking in with you, what kind of things should they know and, and, and why would they be coming to you, I suppose? Okay. So, yeah, I... <laughs> The, the subconscious is where the power is. So hypnosis or emotionally focused therapy is the other uh, tool I have, which is beautiful and works brilliantly with couples. That's, uh, that's an amazing thing too. Um, but those, those are the, when you, th th that's where the power is. So if you feel like you're not really getting anywhere, like if you feel like I'm trying to change something or I'm struggling to find my happiness, and we all have that at moments, and depression is, suffering is part of life. There's times when things happen to us where we should be depressed. It's not necessarily, yeah. So we, we, we need to be more humanistic about this. And uh, when they should come to me or, uh, you know, some other, when they should seek therapy, I guess, is when they're struggling with that and it's affecting their quality of life ongoing. And because, you know, it's like, if <laughs> to, I, I sort of think, well, why would you put your happiness off any longer than you have to, right? Yeah. yeah. So to me, that, I mean, that, that work, it's, it can be hard work in the session sometimes, depends on what work you're doing. If you're doing investigative hypnosis and you're doing some repair, it can be tricky sometimes depending on trauma levels, but, um, oh, lost it again. <laughs> it's so rewarding <laughs> though. I think that, you know, that's the thing. And so it is tricky in the moment and you, it can be. Yeah. 
challenging but like you know one we i know for i can speak from my own experience when we'd finish a call there's a lightness you know there's something that's being released off your shoulders there's something that's being released and it's really powerful um how many sessions would somebody need um if they for any kind of yeah what what's the ballpark ballpark on those sorts of things yeah so um smoking cessation i do three sessions the hypnotogastric banding is three sessions um the um, gut directed hypnosis is six sessions. Um, um, I did, you know, a couple of sessions for one guy and that's an interesting story. And that was about him not being able to get out of bed in the morning. So that, but mm. let's put that aside for a moment at least. Um, yeah. So, and so it depends on what level you want to do. And a lot of people, um, like to come for like say three or four sessions. Um, and even on the first session, you usually get a feel and know whether you connect with someone or not. And if you don't move on, it's, you know, very, you know, people need to meet each other at the right level. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, but uh, I have clients that will do four sessions, for example, and then they'll, they'll get enough out of that, that they'll go off and incorporate that in their life. And then when things come up again, they'll come back. And then, you know, like with the emotionally focused therapy, which is couples therapy, that, and I have, and the people who have big trauma, then it can be more long-term. Mm. So it can be, it, look, it can be, um, I've had people get amazing changes in their relationship within, say, 20 sessions, mm. sustainable mm. long-term stuff. And then others because of the trauma level and that. Um, and when you're working with couples, you can have double trauma. So it gets a bit more complicated. Yeah. Then it can, it can actually be a year or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I yeah. love that. I think that was such an important point you made that, you know, it can take only a few sections, but then you need that time to integrate it. You can't just mm-hmm. constantly, I think with me, I found you can't constantly be on the hamster wheel of self-development because yes. it, it needs time to actually sink in and process and yeah. use the skills that you've learned in real life, right? You can't always just be studying for the exam. You kind of actually have to go out and do it. <laughs> Um, what about someone who I know I've connected with you over zoom. So which, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter where you live. Um, but in, what if someone perhaps at this moment in time doesn't have quite have the budget, what can they be doing to support themselves in this? But they're so interested. What can they be doing to support themselves in this you're way? Talking about hypnosis or you're talking about that general yeah, hypnosis? I think hypnosis. Yeah. 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 Um, well there is, okay. So one of the things I do too is, is that, um, as you know, when I do hypnosis, um, I often do a recording. Mm. So if you're doing investigative hypnosis, that's a different thing. But if it's a, you know, and, and I do it with a smoking cessation program, for example, and all those programs I do, there's always a recording you take home because the recording is cheap therapy, right? You just, you keep playing it during the week, put it on at bedtime, go off to sleep. It won't matter because your brain is just letting it go in, which is why you shouldn't have the TV on when you go to sleep at night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All those people that fall asleep to true crime podcasts too. Oh, no. do do <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So so um the recordings help keep the cost down. So sometimes I've had people that we've done perhaps a couple of um mm. Uh, you know, the, the, the investigative hypnosis, and then we've done a recording that helps with general anxiety and things like that. But I have got some recordings which are more general um, and, uh, yeah, and uh, they, you know, people use them. Because you, what you're trying to do is reprogram and, uh, and dare I say, um, 
brainwash yourself in a good way. Yeah. This has <laughs> yeah. been such a beautiful chat and I've loved speaking to you and hearing all about this and it's making me want to book it again with you so you can look <laughs> back in my brain. Um, so yeah, I will pop all the links to you, to your work in the show notes. So if people are interested in getting in touch, but otherwise, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your information. It was such a pleasure to speak to you again. Absolutely. It was just plain fun for me. So (laughs) (laughs) wonderful. Thanks again, Sue. All right. Take care. Gorgeous. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Lemon A Day. I'll pop all the links in the show notes. In the meantime, if you can hit subscribe, leave a positive review, hit five stars and share on social media any combination of those things, I'd be so appreciative. Until next time, chat soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.